0: This is Ember. You're listening to the Ember Podcast with Roger Edwards.
1: Well, welcome to Ember. Another week here uh, on, um, on the podcast and First of all, let me introduce who I've got in studio. I have the wonderful and awesome Justin Wallace, who is uh, the youth pastor at the Point Church. Justin, good to have you. How's it going?
2: Good to be here, man. Thank you for inviting me.
1: And then here in the room also, we have Austin, who is, uh helps Justin with youth ministry and technology. is He's a tech guru, and uh, we're glad to have him here. But uh, today, our guest, calling all the way from uh, from Michigan, uh, the great state. And uh, if, if I could put my hand up, you could see it. I'd show you exactly where he lived and where I lived. Today, our, our <laughs> guest is... Jeff Eckert. Jeff, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Really, really good to be with you, Roger. And, um, yeah, I'm excited about this uh, conversation today.
1: Well, first, let me kind of give you uh, a little background on, on Jeff. Jeff and I were friends. Uh, former, uh, we were both youth pastors for the Westland Church up in Michigan. That's where we became friends. Uh, planned lock-ins together. Those, oh, Lord knows those days of lock-ins. Um, that's one of the reasons <laughs> I only lasted uh, about six seven eight years in youth ministry but uh but uh jeff was a, was a good friend and um and even didn't know it but at the time i, I learned a lot from him even though we were guys at the same age uh, kind of you know watch what he did with his youth group and some of the things that he did and uh, learned a lot from him and, and i've kind of kept up with him through social media jeff is uh like i said former youth pastor and he is also uh, uh the head of an organization called never be the same so first of all jeff let's start with family. Tell us a little bit about your wife and your kids and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. When we first met as youth pastors, I just got married. And, uh, so yeah, we've been married 26 years and we've got three, um, beautiful daughters that look like their mother. thank Thankfully. And, uh, yeah, our oldest daughter is pursuing, uh, her the- or, uh, master's degree in theology right now. I have another in college and one in high school. And, uh, yeah, we serve together, um, as a family, really just all throughout all those days, we've, you know, our kids have been very involved in what we've done, and, and, you know, ministry world, you can kind of, as a pastor, you can maybe try to, like, shield or protect your, your kids a little bit in terms of, like, dragging them around everywhere, so to speak, especially when you're with students on trips, but, we decided to kind of go the opposite route and really immerse our family and kids into what we do. And so, yeah, we, we're a pretty close family and uh, God's really been good to us.
1: Well, tell us, tell us a little bit uh, about, you know, your, your testimony and what, what led you into the ministry and then, and, and then what led you into to start never the same.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, my parents were both believers. My dad was uh, bivocational. He was a pastor of a small church, a neighborhood church, and then uh, was a high school teacher at a public school. And uh, so I really was raised with an awareness of faith, um, but didn't really didn't really embrace that until um, going into high school. And, um, and then going into high school really became... Um, a lot more active and serious about my faith and had, you know, had some transformative experiences, some uh, at some events, you know, in a public place and some private, but um, really uh, felt in late high school. I wanted to just go out and make it in business. I was kind of an entrepreneur as a high school kid. I was always starting things. I had a long going business and, did really well and did some other things. Um, Had a lot of crazy jobs. I worked at a veterinarian, did autopsies on pets, which sounds weird. I worked at a book factory. I um, worked at a morgue, Indianapolis, uh, downtown city morgue. Um, I did a lot of different kind of jobs. I cleaned office buildings at night in high school. I just did a lot of different things, but in the middle of all that, God just really asked me to surrender my um, aspirations in business and and you know my goals of being wealthy uh, and just surrendering to uh, a call to to serve Him vocationally in that way and and that led me into working with students and um, so Roger and you and I met you know we were just both starting off and and then I stayed in local church youth ministry for. Uh, the next 16 years, full time, and during that time, as an entrepreneur, started a couple little projects that grew, and that eventually led me to start Never the Same 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, at the end of 2009, and uh, in the middle of in the middle of that pretty intense recession. For those of you listening, if you remember that, it was a pretty uh, interesting time in the economy in the United States, and uh, in the middle. Right in the middle of that, God um, just led us to, to start this national youth ministry called Never the Same. Our website's neverthesame.org, and um, we really focus on um, just investing in students with biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines, and uh, we, we, we kind of use three avenues to do that—theology, community, and technology. The theology part is really important. We believe that good theology— uh, really matters, especially at the young age. And I always tell people, when you think about training the minds of the young, uh, that's where our best and brightest minds should be in our society, and especially within the church. And actually what happens is the opposite. The next generation, the students, especially adolescents, their minds are emerging, they're becoming more independent. But if you think about it, that's where our theology is really formed when we start thinking for ourselves and becoming independent and making decisions. And uh, I think that the highest paid people, honestly, and and I know this is kind of a joke when we're talking about youth ministry here, but I think the highest paid and the best mind should be working with our students. And uh, to me, it's no coincidence that um, organizations like Al-Qaeda, their number one recruit is the 14-year-old young man. And I don't think that's just, you know, a random strategy on their part. I think they're very strategic in understanding that young minds really matter. And so one of our real passions is helping churches and adults understand why it's important to invest into the hearts and the minds and the souls of our students across um, particularly America, but also the world. So that's the work that we do. We, we have several branches that we can we can talk about here, but, um, but if anyone's interested and they go to neverthesame.org, uh, you can see a little bit more about the ministry that we do. And it's exciting. We started, I started on my own 10 years ago. I had a, a desk that I made by myself because I didn't have any money. Uh, some people gave me a chair and a computer and an office that I could borrow, and I started on my own ten years ago. And, um, and we're still a small organization in terms of the scope of things. But we've got fifteen staff, and we're working on some pretty big projects. And uh, we've got high hopes and dreams.
1: Well, let's let's hit on some of those things. Um, first of all, kind of kind of maybe give us an idea of uh, what what led you. And Justin I think you want to kind of ask kind of this question with you know.
2: yeah sure um You know, as someone, I'm a student pastor, I've been at my current church for, oh gosh, this summer will be 11 years. And so, you know, I think there are many pastors who are similar to you, Jeff, that have that kind of, or at least I do. Uh, Maybe there's not that many out there, but uh, I kind of connect with what you're saying with having that entrepreneur kind of heart. So for you, what do you think was the tipping point um, or maybe that God movement that happened in your heart that kind of moved you from that church setting to a parachurch ministry setting full time. What do you think kind of nudged you to go over the
0: line? Yeah, it was a very it was a very uh, distinct experience that I had. I wasn't really. I look back down. I can see God's hand. It wasn't my plan to really. I I, I didn't want or plan on leaving the local church. Um, it's always been a big part of who I am, and I believe that, you know, the local church is obviously really, really important. It's the backbone of who we are as a family of God and part of faith, but I am—I um, was uh, at a conference, a, a youth specialties conference in Pittsburgh on November 1st, 2008, and uh, I was— Planning on uh, The day before, on October 31st, I was planning on attending the Asbury Seminary to get a doctorate. That kind of fell apart on October 31st. I was on my way to Pittsburgh. Uh, it was kind of a crushing blow because that's something I really wanted to pursue. The very next day, on November 1st, I was at Youth Specialties, and um, through a, a pretty miraculous set of uh, situations, on that particular day, God spoke to me probably about as clearly as I've ever heard in my life and said, I want you to pursue uh, these two things that I'd started. One was a a youth camp that met out in New York that I'd started back with a friend in 2000. So this has been going for eight years, just run by a bunch of friends. And then um, prayer in schools, we'd had some some really pretty amazing things that happened at some of our local schools as students were praying and, uh, at public school. So it was, uh, to take those two ideas and run with those. And that, um, I wasn't sure what that meant at the time. My first, um, option was to try to straddle both worlds and pursue this, but also stay at my local church. And I asked them about that opportunity and they said, we think you need to pick one or the other. And I knew that God had very clearly spoken. And so I, um, yeah, I pursued uh, pursued it. And I'll tell you, you know, that day I was listening to some music and uh, really pondering, feeling like God was speaking. I was sitting outside and I was listening to this song that talked about um, sunshine. And it was kind of an overcast day. And at this particular part of the song, I was just playing background music and it um, wasn't even a, a Christian album that I was listening to. But this one particular song, it talks about, um, sunshine and I listened to this song and I just felt the Holy Spirit kind of speak to my mind and said, play that song again, listen to the lyrics. And so I hit replay on my phone and was listening and, um, and all of a sudden the clouds literally parted at this particular point in the song when it talks about sunshine and the song really spoke to me, the lyrics of the song. Um, God really spoke to me about what was happening. And, and so I thought, well, that was kind of coincidence, you know? And, uh, so I hit replay on the song and I said, God, I feel like you're really speaking to me pretty clearly here about all this stuff, but I'm going to play this song again. And when it gets to that certain point in the song, if you can part the clouds again, then I'll know that this is real. And sure enough, um, it happened the second time, very distinctly, and uh, and that, amongst some other things that that happened that day, um, God just really began to lead me. So it was a it was a huge step of faith, and um, uh, you know, to to be able to to make that adjustment, to leave a, a steady paying job for basically nothing, and having children, and, you know, an established life, and but uh, it was it was a yeah, it was a pretty amazing thing. So that was November 1st, 08. And then I started a year from that date, kind of coincidentally, um, November 1st, 2009. So that's our anniversary. So November 1st of 2019, just a few months ago as we record this, was our 10-year anniversary.
1: Well, that's awesome. And, and uh let me just highlight on a couple of things that you guys focus on. Uh, first of all, let's let's talk about what the the youth camps that you guys put on. I, I, it's not just one or two. I see you do it all across the country. Yeah,
0: yeah. We started these, um, Roger. You and I. I mean, we go back here. You know, we our first couple years when I was there in Jackson, near where you lived. You know, we. Uh, we went to our, our denominational district camp, which was a, a great experience. And uh, a few years later, down the road, moved to a, um, a larger ministry context, working with several hundred students. And they didn't attend the youth camp. That was very uh, formative and important for me in my faith. And so, um, talked with another friend, Darren Campbell, and we said, "Why don't we? Why don't we try something?" So we. We said let's build let's build an experience that really is good for our students and our ministry and our church. So we did that and right away we got a few other churches to join. So two thousand was our first summer. And um so we'll celebrate twenty years of that this summer. Uh twenty years. It's called NTS. It stands for Never the Same Camp. And uh so we do these across the country. We um, we really build this experience around the local church. And what's unique about our camp is um, I did some research and found that for students, the number one long lasting impact from a camp or retreat experience is the relationship that they have with their adult leader. And so because of that, we we build in our entire experience around this um, component of having adults there. So adults come from churches for free. And they don't pay anything to attend, and um, and then we have strategic small group time throughout the day, uh, every day, in youth group time, and um, and then we make sure that the most pivotal moments happen with their adult leaders, rather than uh, you know maybe a, a staff or another person that they may never cross paths with back home. That was the kind of camp that I went to where. A lot of people that interacted with us in small group settings or teaching settings were people that I never really saw outside of that summer experience and maybe never again. So we, we build it around that. And uh, so we also provide um, somewhat of a teaching and training experience for adult leaders, pastors, and volunteers while they're with us. We bring in the greatest minds Um practitioners in youth ministry to teach our adults in the morning, so we pull them aside and invest into our adults, so that's also part of it. And, um, you know, our whole camp experience is based around um, really providing an environment for students to meet with God, and we think that, you know, with the rise of um, longer school years, and sports camps and and, uh, and all that. I I want anyone listening that might be a parent or a pastor to to just think about and remember and understand the the power of an experience. Uh, I think we sometimes go, well, that's just emotion and that's just experience, and you know it's not not really real. And I would I would really disagree with that. I used to believe in action myself, but then I realized. That's why marriage retreats and date nights in and, and the context of marriage are important, is because you need experiences. Um, experiences speak to our lives. Moments really matter. And uh, so we create an environment for students to experience God, and then we provide uh, you know, a community around them that will go back home with them. And what often we tell adults is, Think about how excited you are the night before you go on vacation. You get everything ready, and you're excited. And when you're on vacation, typically you go to restaurants you never go to. You try new things um, because your defenses are down and your, your uh, opportunity is really open to, to do new things. And that's, that's really what happens with students at camp. They get in this environment where they can really just – immersed in this idea of hearing and experiencing God, and it really, um, really is an an amazing thing long-term. We've been doing it 20 years, and I run into students all over the country, and they tell me, you know, I went to NTS a year ago, five, ten, sometimes 15 years ago. And they say, my life is different, and it's never been like it was. And that's really where the name comes from. Cool.
2: Yeah, sure. So would you say that your camps are designed for, like, church and youth groups to bring their group, or is it also do you promote that to
0: individuals that can just come and sign up? Yeah, we only promote it to churches, and that's part of our strategy is so— We have people, you know, all around the country ask, hey, can we send our student?" and we say, well, you have to find a community that they can be a part of to go with because that's part of the, the structure. We want to make sure that students that have this experience go back with someone that knows them and can invest in them. And what I tell the people is like, and, you know. As we talk here, Justin, Roger, like think about when you have this incredible experience somewhere, and I'm thinking particularly of like, say you go to an event and you have this just crazy uh, experience with God where He changes your life, and uh, and then you go home. Maybe you went away to a conference or something, and you go home, and people say, "Hey, how was the you know how was the event?" And you say, "It "It was incredible. It was great." And it's a lot of times hard to really even articulate, you know, even as adults, you know, what we just experienced. Now put yourself in the minds of a adolescent and, uh, and then, you know, think about how you would even begin to articulate that. And what's so great is when you have an adult there standing beside a student from your local church that experiences that right beside them, they don't even have to ask when they go home. They don't have to ask, hey, how was your week because they know because they were there. And that's part of the power of how NTS is structured. So yes, long uh, or short answer is it is a community and youth group experience
2: awesome sweet uh yeah i can totally resonate with the camp experience uh that was a big experience for me summer camp i was a junior in high school Uh, i call it a spiritual drop kick Um, that's what i received and uh, that kind of
1: eventually led to me going into ministry but uh, I had the same. Kind of, I had the same kind of experience, and uh, and the same thing with with uh, with the teens that I was either a youth pastor or a pastor over. Uh, it's just and two. I, I think I don't, I don't. ever hear people mention this, but but going away to these camps, I think in a lot of ways prepares kids for going away to college because they they go away, they have an experience, and and it's even though there are adults there to the chaperone and stuff like that, uh, it it kind of it's a step towards independence. That they need, and then um, and then having that structure when they get back, and just you know, because the kids come back on fire, and they, and they need somebody to stoke that fire, not somebody to stifle it. Like what what happens a lot of smaller churches, especially that that don't have the staff to, you know, the, or the youth pastor you know, to, to to help them out through that.
2: Yeah, Jeff, I love yeah. your structure, man. Uh, some of the camps I've been a part of, it almost seems as if they're structured as if the summer camp experience is the beginning and the end um when we all yeah. know um that that's that can be a starting point uh for a lot of young people so yeah that's awesome yeah. some stuff yeah yeah I totally
0: agree and we we develop resources for youth ministries to use throughout the year and one of the interesting things that we do and anyone listening i I want to encourage you i can give you this amazing resource that we produce for free if uh Anyone listening, if you want to go to neverthesame.org slash trend report, neverthesame.org slash trend report, uh, you can get our latest research that we do every year. And we do it as a part of our camps where we survey and interview students and find out their beliefs on certain things. And here's what's really unique is we we do that and then we – we ask students what they think. So, for example, we pick different topics social media, the Bible, um, their beliefs about politics, entertainment, all kinds of different things every year. And then we ask their adult leaders to answer as if they were their students. And so, what we get is this really interesting um, way to compare and contrast what students really believe and what adults think students believe. And uh, so that. That is available, and if you go to that, if you go to neverseen.org slash trend report, you'll see that. you also see some video content that goes with that that we develop for youth ministries to use that that you can help your um, adult volunteers just train them in ways they can, um, you know, understand exactly where their students are and what they're believing and what how they see the world. So, yeah, it's it's, it's really important, and uh, we think building into the local church is is the way to go.
1: Well, uh, another area that you guys focus on is uh, is the the campus ministry and getting kids involved, uh, adolescents involved uh, with with prayer. Tell us what what you guys do there, and do you guys also help uh, that with the transition from from students? Um, you know, maybe having experiential experience with with another student and how they're maybe led to a local church.
0: Yeah. So. Another branch of what we do is, is Claim Your Campus, and this is really – this was the thing that really, um, you know, Justin and the after, this is the thing that they kind of put me over the edge in terms of really feeling this call. Um, how it started was back in the early 2000s with another friend, we started this thing with students um, prayer walking their school the, the weekend before school started in the fall, and that progressed um, – from students' wishes into weekly prayer groups at our local schools in Grand Rapids, Michigan. We had the largest public school in the state right here in Grand Rapids is East Kentwood High School. Uh, At this time, just to give you an idea of the school uh, makeup, there were 48 countries of origin represented in this student body. Today, in 2019, their graduating class had 60 countries of origin, so a very, very eclectic, diverse school. And uh, I would meet there every Tuesday morning with a group of students. We'd pray, and one day I challenged them to pray about something specific that they could see God change that they wanted to see Him do at the school. They mentioned fighting. Fighting was a big issue. It's happening on a daily basis, so we started praying about this issue. and um, This was um, back in around 2007, and uh, so we started praying about that issue, and When uh, three months went by, uh, the school board released their quarterly report, and they were scratching their heads because in that report, statistically, fighting had stopped at the school. It had never happened before, And, uh, and they were just pretty shocked by it, and that opened my eyes to the power of prayer led by students on their school campuses. So that led me to, to begin this uh, vision 10 years ago of a student-led prayer group in every middle and high school in the country. And so students meet once a week. We've got over 40,000 students praying uh, every week at, in 45 states around the country. We have an app called Campus Prayer, and that guides students through how to pray and how to actually lead a prayer group. So there's daily content that's uploaded. And uh, so across the country, students are praying. So if students are meeting on Wednesday, they're praying for their school, not Wednesday. But they're also, because of the app, they're praying uh, in a united way about the same things with students across the country that are praying on that day when they pray on Wednesday. So our goal is 1 million students to, to pray at schools. That's 15 uh, students meeting once a week at all sixty-seven thousand middle and high schools, public, private chart in the United States. So, um, yeah, our vision is is really to see uh, prayer change every middle and high school in America. And uh, so that's what Claim Your Canvas is. It's for middle and high school students, and uh, we're just empowering students that are believers to show up at their schools. Once a week, download this app and just start praying. It's simple as that. It's not a program, it's not a club, it's a movement of prayer in schools across America. And um, so, we're doing an event this summer. And Roger, I don't know how much you've tracked with that, but um,
1: I was just getting ready to we're ask We're doing this event. Great transition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So we're doing an event um, called Claim Your Campus 2020, July 4th weekend. We're inviting and calling 100,000 students to join us in Kansas in a field for that weekend. So think music festival-type atmosphere um, for King & Country, Andy Mineo, lots of artists and bands and speakers. But the whole purpose and the point of this event is to equip and inspire students to change their school through their faith. And uh, there's never been an event done quite like this before. It's unique. It's different. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime deal. We've never done this before. Um, But what God has done, he's, He's brought 80 organizations on board, all the way from the Assemblies of God to the Catholic Church to the National Day of Prayer, to all kind of very eclectic organizations and ministries across the spectrum of of the American Christian Church, and He's united us together for this moment uh, for students. And I think as we've gone on this journey—I've been on this journey for this event for 10 years. I really felt led to do this uh, 10 years ago, but didn't feel like the timing was right, and so I waited Uh, until a couple years ago to really begin moving forward with this. But God has shown his favor on this event in so many ways. And I want to tell you guys one particular way, because uh, for people listening, I want you to know, like, there's a lot of events out there. However, um, in comparison, 10, 15 years ago, there were way more student ministry events than there are now. Uh, Student ministry events have kind of, shifted and changed of a lot, as a lot of things have, but as I said, events are important, but this is not just an event. I want anyone listening to this to know, this is not just, oh yeah, come out, it's going to be a great time to hang out. We believe that all the signs that God has brought around this event are pointing to what I would call a manifest presence of God moment in this meeting that we're having on July 4th weekend, and I call it meeting because I think that's a better description from the heart of God, from what we've seen rather than an event. It's really a meeting. I think the campus is a meeting with God. And um, this generation needs it. Our nation needs it. We are spiritually and morally lost and in many ways bankrupt. And we need God to rescue us from ourselves. We have really messed things up, especially when we consider what we've given as an inheritance to this generation spiritually. So I'll, I'll tell you one way that God, amongst the many, um, obviously don't have time to tell all the miraculous stories, but we felt led to, to go to Kansas to do this event. And that's kind of the story in and of itself, but um, it's right in the middle of the country. It's actually the most central location to every school campus in America where we're having this event. It's several hundred acres. Um, we're all going to be staying there. Um, people can drive in. It's near Kansas City, so it can be some motel dwellers. But we picked this location in uh, 2013, a long time ago, and waited. And we began to move forward in 2017. In 2019, after we had promoted this and planned it and already began all the work on it, we discovered in June of 2019 that God had spoken to a man in a small little town in Kansas, and said to this man that in his town um, there would be a national gathering, and that gathering would change the nation, and he spoke about this 40 years ago that God had told him this. He had been praying for 40 years, and he passed away in December of 2018. Now I discovered this story in June of 2019. When this man passed away, he was 103 years old. He was part of a weekly prayer group that met in this little bitty town, 1,200 people. And he faithfully prayed for 40 years, believing that God would would bring about this vision that he gave him 40 years ago. And the, that little town and location where he prayed was the town where we're having this event, Lasine, Lacine, Kansas, population 1,200. And so God has been preparing the path for this moment for 40 years, and probably much longer than that. And God has, God has united his body for this moment, and we are going to equip students to, to start weekly prayer groups, share their faith and to serve on their campus very three simple basic things. And um, so I want to encourage anyone listening. If this is resonating in your heart and you're feeling this as an adult, um, get a ticket and bring some students, bring a youth group or bring a school group, either one, and uh, join us on July 4th weekend. The website is ClaimYourCampus2020.com. If you go there, you can get a ticket right now as you listen. And if you go to that website, there's a thing that'll pop up. Put your name and email in there and let us get you in the loop and share the stories of what God's doing for this event. So that's what's happening uh, this summer, and we call it a moment to mobilize the movement. We're praying and asking and believing for 100,000 students, and then as a result, we believe that just within a few years, with 100,000 there this summer mobilized, we can get to the 1 million
1: students praying by 2023. Well, Jeff, you know, what I think is awesome about this is just that not only if somebody can bring, you know, their family or, you know, some – teens from, from their church or, or whatever, uh, maybe they want to get involved, but they, they, they can't get there. Uh, but there's also a way that they can go online and they can they can donate to this cause uh, at neverthesame.org. Um, you guys yeah. are uh, just, I like, I, you know, I did the research. You guys are a phenomenal organization and you're just, it's it's all about students and it's all about changing lives. And, and I would just encourage people if they're listening and if, if they can't be involved but want to help out, that's a great way to get involved. Is, is go to the website and, and to donate for that, and uh, to get on social media and get the alerts. And maybe as, as things, the, the event's getting closer. People can pray for what's going to happen, even if they're not going to be there, and pray for the the, the teens going out there and the leaders and that everything involved with it. Uh, you and I also, you know, we've been a part of you know uh, the the convention kind of ministry too within the Wesleyan denomination and seen big things happen there. And an event like this just just to hear this story and, and this is a you know a, a Christian field of dreams kind of thing, you know. Uh yeah. and I, I'm just excited for for this event and what's gonna happen with it. And, and just uh it, like I said, the neverthesame.org. Uh if you have any w- you want to contact Jeff as well, jefeckert.com and to, to find out more information about what he does and what he's involved with. Uh <laughs> Jeff, last thing, um I just, one of the things I do here, last question I ask is just in, in closing, tell us what Jesus means to you. Oh, that's such a great question. Jesus, um, has drawn me so
0: close to himself in this process. You know, um, when I started this organization, someone told me, um, you know, all the dreams that God's given you, Jeff, um, they won't nearly match what God will do inside of you. So what he does through you won't, won't compare to what he does in you. And that's definitely been the case. I feel like my walk with the Lord is so much closer. You know, we can, I think one of the occupational hazards of ministry is you can get more, you can fall more in love with the work than you do the the master. And, uh, so, What Jesus has done for me has helped me to understand more and more, not only my need for him, but what my relationship with him really means. What that means to walk with him and to hear his voice and to hear him speak to me about um, who I am, who he's made me to be. And as I've gazed into, you know, his beauty through his word and listening to the Holy spirit and prayer and walking with him. I sense that, um, you know, he, he, he's has such faith and belief in me. You know, as I've seen all these people around what we're doing, especially this dream for student prayer and this event we're doing, So many people said, Jeff, you know, I believe in this, I believe in you. And that's, that's amazing. And it's very encouraging, but, But every time I hear people say that, I hear, I hear behind it, I hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, I believe in you and I love you and I'm proud of you and I'm walking with you in this. And to me, that is um, what has changed my life is I've been willing to risk uh, a lot, you know, my career and my, um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm no hero. I don't want you to hear me like I'm no hero, but, um, I've just done what God's asked me to do. And I believe that he's speaking to all of us. And when we're willing to put our faith on the line and risk and really trust him and believe, I've just seen, um, him just do things that I never dreamed would have dreamt possible, inside of me and, um, and around me.
1: So I'm grateful for what Jesus means to me. I'm glad you asked that question well amen to that and jeff i'm so glad you you came on and we're definitely gonna uh if i don't get a chance to talk to you before i definitely want to talk to you after the event in july and and just hear stories stories of of things that happened uh at the event and and maybe afterwards and just that way the movement can continue to 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 go so i really appreciate you coming on today and sharing and uh and like i said we'll have to we'll have to stay in touch and get together soon man
0: Yeah. Thanks, Roger. And Justin, thank you. And Austin, thanks for helping us out today. I appreciate you guys and appreciate your time.